Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hi, this is Angela Fay from Canada's podcast. Uh, joining me today is Carl Franson from SeaTech, who ironically um, is actually not uh, just around the corner for me here in Nanaimo, British Columbia. Uh, but that's a recent move. So that's part of what we're talking today uh, about is uh, remote work and kind of working from anywhere. What 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 is happening now in the world as we know it? But let's start off with Carl. Can you give me a little bit of insight on your entrepreneurial journey to date? Angela, thank you for having me on your podcast. It's always a treat talking with you and hanging out with you. And uh, to, to answer your question, my entrepreneurial journey. It started back after um, two and a half years of backpacking around the world. I visited over 40 countries, 250 cities. And when I got back to home to Calgary, I realized I had no fear of the unknown. And I was quite extroverted at the time. So back in the year 2000, I started up the SeaTech group. And in the first three months, I made $800 in three months. And how can you turn your back on that kind of money? <laughs> And but the first there was time like, you receive a check, it's for it's oh, every entrepreneur's like you know. It, it should be up on my wall right now, <laughs> exactly. but unfortunately, it went for food and for rent at the time. <laughs> but I did have a goal in mind. I wanted to create a new type of experience for my clients by giving my techs or my people who work for me the best tools to do their job effectively and efficiently. And that's one thing that we kept going throughout the past 20 years that CTEC has been around is that mindset of always being on the current edge and diving headfirst actually into that, that, that area. And it has been around three to four evolutions of CTEC as I progressed throughout those 20 years, always trying to look for the bigger, better, faster, stronger, but always keep in mind what the clients are really asking you for. They're, they're telling you the answers to the test. And you have to basically adapt your, your business continuously to what they actually need. Absolutely. Can you give us a quick, uh, what are the three iterations of CTech to date? I mean, we were talking 20 years ago, start, <laughs> right? Um, you know to what? Today. Back when I was your age, computers were, <laughs> were all the rage. <laughs> and there was one computer at a desk and you had to walk into the office and actually do work that way. And that was supposed to be good. Fast forward a couple of years, and suddenly we have some kind of like this VPN, RDP, remote, remote access kind of stuff. So now that people are actually able to work a little bit remotely, and there's a lot of limitations, a lot of problems with that, but it evolved over that time frame. And slowly, we said, you know what? Instead of selling you one server, sorry, 10 servers, I can sell you one server and put everything onto that one server. So now I have, now I have the reduced amount of hardware. Okay, that was something I had to learn. But I think the last iteration I'm going to talk about right now is kind of the most important because it's here today. And mm -hmm. COVID gave it an artificial push around two to three years normally right. it'll take, but into the future. It's the cloud right now. Everyone knows the cloud or as a monk, monk here right now, it's called the modern workplace. And now that we're seeing businesses actually being able to take advantage of this new cloud technologies and whatever form it may be, to enhance their business. So I had to continuously evolve, change, and adapt uh, my staff to learn what I've got 25 years of experience that are going obsolete right now because they can't, wow. they, they have not learned the new stuff as of right yet. Right. 
Yeah. Well, can you, and I realize it's very difficult to um, predict the future, but I had a visual analogy the other day as I'm, as, yeah. a, as I'm looking at the secret, how you're driving down the road in the dark and your lights are ahead of you. And, you know, you just have to trust that the road is going to keep, you know, keep going beyond what you can see in the headlights. But if you could yeah. describe the, you know, what you see in the headlights from 2021 <sighs> ahead, how, how will that shape how CTEC operates? You know what, to take that analogy one step further in a way, as the as a company that actually knows how to build the roads, we're uh, able to know where the roads actually go. And we're able to, we're able to predict with more general um, um, accuracy where the road's gonna be going down the next five, 10 minutes down, down the road. And now, so what we are able to do right now is saying, we are experts on the old technology, but the current technology has these functions. And now the big, biggest challenge that that techs have is putting the geekiness into English. They're not bilingual. They speak either geek or English, <laughs> not the both. So I've learned to be bilingual. And so what my prediction is right now is to sum it up in one sentence, anybody at any time can access any information anywhere in the world to collaborate with anybody and have it on wow. any device. There's a lot of innies in there. There's a lot, lot to unpack, right? And, and so one thing that I think that brings to the surface, I think that all of us are, are dealing with right now is when the world is your oyster, literally, mm -hmm. right? When, when, yeah. when everything is, is possible or anything is possible, how to filter out um, or filter in maybe is a better analogy, right? Filter, you know, get through and, and stay focused on what it is that you are going to excel at in the next era and what you, value you can give back to you know, I, yourself, I think your I, community. I think I alluded to the answer just a little while ago by listening to the clients. The clients have what I call pain points, ways of doing business and the ways of actually saying, you know what, I come to the office every single day or I open up that Excel, that Excel spreadsheet and look at numbers all the time. And once you understand that there's a new way of doing something, you're able to introduce that new technology into their new environment saying, you know what, as of right now, do you really want to do that commute anymore? Do you want to have, do you actually want to share files? How about what, 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 what right now? I'll show you how to collaborate in real time with other people. Much like with Zoom right now, where we're now having this wonderful Zoom call back and forth. But what if we can expand upon that by actually fixing a real business pain point, whereas I don't have everyone drive in for a meeting. That's a very easy one, but how about this? Well, we have people outside, inside your organization, collaborate on a document together and actually work on it in real time while looking at each other, talking and editing a file. So if you stop and listen to your clients and say, you know what? You're doing it this way for now. I always like the horse and cart and car analogy. They have a horse and cart. They have a beautiful barn. They have a wonderful horse. They have it attached onto a cart. And they use it every single day. And we look at them and say, you know what? I have a car right over here. It's something different. It may not work for you because your rules might not be perfect for the car. But you know what? What if I basically showed you what the car looked like and showed you, would this actually fix your problems? And you know what? It's opening that door, getting that realization, saying that, 
you could be doing something that you do normally today, but be more efficient at it, more effective, and at the end of the day, be more competitive and have better value for your IT spend. I'm curious, Carl, we've gone from horse and cart to cars to, you know, the, the future is if you're reading people like or listening to people like Peter Diamandis and that the, the yes. roads might not exist, right? Or, or mm -hmm. certainly cars might, ownership of cars might not exist, but, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then the Jetsons, heaven forbid, <laughs> is, you know, was a show when I was a kid and, um, yeah. you know, people were in hovercrafts. So yeah. I'm curious what your role is at CTEC or what influencers you are, do you listen to, to not just build the car, build the road beyond the headlights, but actually start to create the vision, see the vision so that the how kind of unfolds. You have amazing questions and perfect timing. I was just actually doing that this morning. I blocked off three hours this morning to attend um, specialized sessions of webinars put on by our vendors. And this one is Ingram Micro, attending Ingram Micro One. Normally they fly me down someplace in the States and I've taken all these sessions. Mm -hmm. While they have top industry experts, um, imagine the future, but put it in ways of actually, here's how we use it today and give ideas for me to take to my clients. Not yes. only that, <clears throat> it's about me actually applying that current technology to CTEC, my business, and saying, hold on a second, I realize right now that I don't spend time looking for documents. I have this program that does it for me. I can say, hey, Angela, you know that document I was working on last week about that, that thing in it, about, um, about the proposal, about New West Corp, and you, say, you have no idea. It's like, yeah, sure, open it up for me. And you now have the ability to do that. I can find, and if it works for us internally here at CTEC, I can now then basically prove it and actually sell it to the client as, you know what, we ate our own dog food. And it, was, and it was tasty, and check it out. How important is the proof of concept um, in, a, in a sort of transactional relationship? And, and what I mean by that is, these, you know, we, we, you hear great ideas, or you hear about space travel, or you hear about, um, you know, it's possible to for, for no car ownership and, you know, yeah. us all to just have an app and, call up a vehicle and at our disposal. So it eliminates a lot of efficiencies. Those are ideas at the moment that are being tested somewhere. How important is proof of concept at a local level or a regional level from your experience you in the adoption of technology? The proof of concept is, in my opinion, the difference between success or failure of the entire project. Mm -hmm. When you're offering some people only move when they're uncomfortable. And when they, when they do something a certain way, they don't want to move. But if you offer them a different way, they will potentially adopt, adopt onto that if the value proposition is good enough. However, this kind of comes down to the crunch part. This is a new way for them and also for you. You better have the ability to properly deliver that in a way that the client's asking for and take them on that journey head in hand. So take them from point A to point B and everything in between those two letters and I'll let them adopt onto it. I've installed massive systems that failed miserably because they worked perfectly, yet no one used them. Right. You need to find that, that client pain point, prove it to yourself that yes, it does work, and then guide them, teach them on how to use it, and change the way they really do business. 
which is so hard to find right now. We have these CEOs running these multi-million dollar corporations that think driving to an office in their own car is a good idea or having an office space is actually mandatory or physically right. seeing their staff is something that needs to be done or else they're, or, or they're being lazy and non-productive. It's that mindset that you need, you need to get around and change. And we're at the precipice of that the door is there, the door's open. And you're just trying to get them to walk through and actually see that, that it's, it's greener on the other side. Trust well, me. and that's that's an interesting um, concept of, you know, been listening and reading to different um, viewpoints as far as the shift in mindset from, from you know, COVID being a, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, yes, it's a health pandemic. And I would like to acknowledge and express that there's no doubt about um, the impact and the and the health concerns, you know, across the world, but some of the legacy pieces that are happening in our day to day and how we interact with our business and our staff and our community, and some of the leg- legacy pieces that are that are actually, you know, brilliant, much more efficient, much more productive, much more um, efficient. They're not based on resource extraction, you know, they're, they're based on leveraging, um, high efficiency. And you've touched on a couple of those things as far as the new way to work in the future. And I, I think my, one of my questions to you earlier, and I'd love you to address it is coming from a technology background, what do you know to be the legacy pieces that are no longer a disruption. They are, they are realities. They are, and that are, that you would love to see um, happen, you know, more in the ripple effect, more prolifically across the board. Oh, good question. Might take some time to think about that one for a little bit, but I think that my best answer would actually be be this. Technology and all the legacy. There's some things that technology cannot, cannot replace is that human interaction. That the idea the face-to-face contact. And we need to have basically and sitting at home all the time is not healthy for a body. It it it, it requires stimulus. It requires you go outside. It, it requires um that social interaction that a lot of times being mobile doesn't give to you. And having the the opportunity to seclude yourself in your basement or in your office at home eight eight hours a day and not get out is something that we need to overcome. So that legacy aspect of being human and having that the human interaction is so very much has gotten even more important. We have companies today like Microsoft who, who have brought back the virtual commute again. They're, they're, they're trying to say, give you time to rest and, re- and reflect and interact with, with people in a much more constructive way. And we still need to have. Yeah. Well, and I like that, you know, the the virtual commute, I tend to go with the, you know, post-work beers happens <laughs> a lot in my life. So Where's the virtual kind of the water same cooler? idea, right? Yeah, no virtual water cooler anymore. Water cooler, exactly. The water yeah. cooler, which is, you know, yeah. that's what, some, of the best, some of the best moments and aha yeah. moments happen in the workplace when yeah. you're by the water cooler, you're relaxed and you've applied things, but now you're, you're, thinking about them and from a new perspective. Building relationships with, with people as well, right? Walk over to someone's desk and say, hey, let's go for lunch together. Or, hey, I, I need some help with this. And you can sit down and you see the body language and they come over and they help you. And 
it brings you as a social species, it brings you so much closer together that that legacy, that legacy piece right there is something that we will be lacking. Uh, at least for my generation, millennials, not too sure where my, uh, so may have like 6,000 Facebook friends and never met any of them face to face, Right. but who knows? Right. Well, and speaking of, um, you know, the impact of who you're walking outside with and, and saying, let's meet up for a recreational activity or coffee or lunch, uh, you know, the, the community in which you live um, now and work is becoming so much more important. So I, I would like to touch on the fact that you've just made a, a move, a physical move with your family. Do you want to just describe a little bit about uh, how and uh, why? This goes back to my core tenet of being family first and having basically the family not be driven by the technology. And as the president of CTEC, I also set an example for my staff and also for my clients and clients-to-be. I used to live in Calgary around two months ago. I moved myself over to Nanaimo in a matter of two weeks, and I'm oh, now wow. running my company. Yeah, I'm now running comp my, my company effectively and efficiently here in Nanaimo. When talking with my staff, they don't even know I'm actually even here. The only drawback is I work an hour earlier, and I seem to work an hour later because the time zone change. Right. Beyond, yeah, beyond that, my company is basically pure modern workplace. It's set, up, it's set up like this. And I reach out to my staff via Teams or chat or whatever. We collaborate on documents. Mm -hmm. And in fact, my latest round of employees have quit their jobs to come work for C-Tech because they didn't want to go to the office anymore. So it made me moving to Nanaimo, it was a peer shift of a better lifestyle. I can now basically walk out of my house, I have a view of Departure Bay. I see the ferry. I see Gabriel Island right across, right across the, the bay, and it's gorgeous. Instead of basically driving an half an hour to 40, 40, 40, 45 minutes to Costco, I drive eight minutes through a forest lane to Costco. <laughs> exactly. I like yeah. to I like to think that, uh, I mean, that's in Nanaimo, it's not in our uh, brand promise here, but it, it almost could be where it's a 15 minute commute to anywhere, whether it's Costco yes. or a trailhead or a transport hub, you know, it's, the, and my, the last hike that my family did was basically on the edge of Nanaimo, the actual city itself. We went to the abyss and creeper route sort of thing. It was phenomenal. And normally in Calgary, I would have to drive like, an hour to get to Kandaskis or maybe uh, to, to, to right. Trailhead and um, wherever I am. But everything is so close. The NSPs here are ph phenomenal and everything is stable. All the amenities are around us right here. But uh, one thing, uh, just one more, one more thing I did for my uh, staff. I had three hours of staff meetings one time. And I don't know the name of the lake. You all we drive along Island Highway number 19, uh, going north on the right-hand side, there's a big lake right before the cost going away. I found nice ocean, I found a nice trail and this probably 200-year-old like, like fir tree. I sat down next to it, showed on my laptop, hotspotted my phone, and I did my meetings in a forest next to a lake five minutes from my house. Wow. And I was just as productive as working in an office. Well, and it's, um, I, I'm adding, so you've, you've said some of the things that won't change is the need for the human inter interaction. I think the second thing that 
um, won't change and is probably even more reinforced now is, is our need to interact in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, less paved paradise and more trees and, and access to natural spaces, I think, is imperative. You know, one, one of the big things that I like to bring to the table right here is a movement that I heard called re-realization. Yes. Remember, remember when everyone decided to say, you know what, you know what, mom and dad, I'm about to leave the house and go go to the big city and find my career out there. That doesn't really seem to be the case uh-huh. uh, going forward. Interesting. Because right now, is everyone is building skyscrapers that have no need to be there anymore. Wow. I'm running a very successful multi-million dollar IT firm from beautiful Nanaimo and just as effective. And my staff, all of them are working from home, being even more effective because there's no time for commute. And also what that is, I can now hire on people anywhere in the world to, uh, to come here to work for my company, just like they're actually working on my side. So what I'm seeing, I'm predicting this drain of people leaving the need for actually for the brick and mortar skyscrapers or buildings mm-hmm. and saying, putting their hand up on the internet saying, well, I have all these skill sets. I can do all this work. Realize graphic artists, designers, um, customer service people. Architects. Exactly. Well, and in this case, things like doctors are now so much digital, right? The things that relied on a, on a, massive infrastructure, mm. bricks and mortar, and, and I'll say even campuses, universities, where you, <sighs> you know there was a need to go to a campus. And now suddenly, you know, that we have thousands of institutions across the globe that have delivered digitally for the last six mm-hmm. months. So I think we're going to see massive move away from bricks and mortar conglomerates. Yeah, let me, let me paint a picture for you. Let's, say, let's take an example of a dentist's office or, or um, a medical center. Say a GP or dentist or whatever sort of thing is actually um, interacting with a patient and they need to consult a specialist. Much like we're doing right now, with her two or three pushes of a button, they can launch up a webcam. They are cheap. <laughs> they basically point it at, at themselves, point it at the actual client and say, all right. And the specialist on the other side could say, you know what, lift up the person's arm. Uh, do this to them, ask them a few questions, and they can have a real-time, on-time consult right then and there yes. without waiting for an hour or, yes. or, or, or uh, an hour to just to drive there, then wait in line, and then get an appointment and do that. Real-time consultations happen all the time, especially during COVID. I heard even vets saying, point the picture, point the camera at your dog or at your cat. Yeah. Let me see their paws, hold them up, up, up to the screen, and they hold them up to the screen, and they say, do this, do this, do that to them. Look at that. And the, the professional veterinarian is actually diagnosing and actually looking at the health of this animal via webcam. And look at his gums. Show me his gums. Okay, excellent. And that's happening today. I want to go back to what were your clauses anytime, anywhere, anyone? Oh, yes. <laughs> What was, yeah. what, I should I didn't write that down. There's but so it's, many 80s in there. It's okay. kind of brilliant, really. Is it? Yeah. It's kind of a um, a synopsis, I guess, or an aggregate of yes. uh, of um, remote work mm-hmm. and the gig economy, kind of mashing together, and you know, becoming. Um, the next wave, I think, and I'm I'm going to. I'm going to say a current your, reality. The new reality. 
Yep. And, the new normal, you know, the, way, the, way, the new way of being. Absolutely. Exactly. It's the great reset. And it suddenly is. is anything is possible. And I think um, I was listening, I was at the Vancouver Island Economic Summit last week and Mm-hmm. And one of the urban planners said, you know, we've been trying for five years to get uh, paperless and suddenly, boom, we were we were paperless in two weeks, thanks to COVID. Yeah. And, you know, it's a little bit of uh, going back to your comment, right? People only move when they're uncomfortable is, is mm-hmm. um, you know, the movement, I think, is going to be dramatic. I think there'll be <laughs> systems reinvention, um, at, which I'm kind of excited about and coming back to being able to work from anywhere now you yeah. can literally maybe where you live and work is more defined by the natural element and the culture of the people that you're going to bump into right that's exactly Out- why i came to nanaimo i came here because of the people i met some great people authentic full people right here that really cared and they were I, I went to ICBC and went to get my car air care tested. And the guys at the shop were basically saying, oh, hey, Carl, come down here. Take a right. It's a real good coffee place for you to sit down right there. And the person's name is this. Like, wow, in Calgary, you never get that. Interesting. And, and when I got my insurance, they're saying that, you know what? I have never done so many out-of-province insurance transfers before. And I've worked here for 15 years. Like, wow, that's great. But the thing is, it's not working from anywhere. It's being able to collaborate, communicate, but also be secure. And also bring in people ad hoc that are, out, that are not in your office, but outside your office and in real time to work with. It creates a whole community of, new, of knowledge workers that share ideas, mm-hmm. to share concepts, to interact together in new and innovative ways. Well, and I'm I'm curious. That's kind of the where we live and work from. Uh, one of the messages that you and I wanted to try and you know uncover here is bestowing yep. the idea of that you can live and work anywhere. So, yeah, we've talked about maybe where you're physically living. How about who you're working with and how that will affect maybe hiring or growth for CTEC? I mean, using mm-hmm. CTEC as an example, and then maybe your clients as far as you, you know, it, like you said, people can quit their jobs now and actually go work for CTEC because you're completely, almost completely digital. Exactly. And now and I could live in, you know, Whitehorse or Ukraine or uh, other than the time zones, you know, different yeah. and and choose to work for CTEC, right? So exactly. choosing CTEC over all of the other companies really is about you. Yes, it's and the thing is, you and your company and your company values. And very much so, yeah. Because be with it with switch technology, I'd basically put a people first approach actually to, to living this lifestyle. I had listened much like my 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 employees became my clients, so to speak. I had listened to them saying, you know what, Carl, I have I used to do it this way. Right now, can you make that better, Carl? I, I interact with with clients this way. Give you give you an example. My sales guys right now are able. Um, beforehand, we go to a Word document, write a proposal, uh, print it out, attach it onto an email, and then send it to a bunch of people for corrections, and then we uh, send it out to the client. Mm-hmm. But right now, my sales guys, they can go up to a program, they push a button, all the templates are loaded in there, they fill in a few files, they push another button, and it creates a website for the, for the client, 
and the client can go to this website and view the entire proposal. I cut down my sales team amend time by around 70% by, giving, by creating that one tool for them. And now who you work for is really important because I realize that not everyone is like Carl at SeaTech. I completely embrace the new technology based on my current business pain points to make life better for my clients. <clears throat> other CEOs, other business owners or decision makers kind of have a different mindset, different mindset. I've done it this way for the past 20 years. It works. I know it. I like it. Don't change it because <laughs> the change is scary. I call those guys the dinosaurs and, right. uh, and there's a big asteroid coming down. They may survive, perhaps not in their existing shape or form, but I'd rather be the mammals that realize that with this COVID asteroid that, that, that's going to be hitting us, that I can take that as an opportunity. I can take the opportunity and say, you know what? With this changing landscape, I'm going to adapt my company so that my staff can be successful here in the new, new normal. So adaptation, I've written that down because I think that's one of the, um, you know, as, as technology and, and progress, if you like, um, advances so quickly, um, something that, you know, historically, and we can all think of those examples of, you know, Blockbuster and, and Kodak and things like that. We, we know those, those business stories, but in going forward, you've already reiterated C-Tech three times. What sort of pace do you think companies need to adopt going forward? And then what are those core skill sets that will be required going forward as we ourselves have to embrace them, but also, you know, in our teaching of our kids. Exactly. The, the speed is dictated by how fast you, their customers are able to adapt on to what the client's actually providing for them. So I'm going go to, to go to a client site and say, you know, I can give you all this cool technology, but are you able to use it? And not only are you able to use it, but are, you, but are your, your clients able to adapt onto this and actually say, that's a real good idea. Is there a business value to that? And the problem is every single business, business is unique. There is a core infrastructure that everyone needs collaboration communication, but the deeper dive into things that is, what is their unique selling feature? How are they going to get to market? And how can they be more competitive? If one business today needs to compete, another business right here needs, needs to, to compete, who's going to win out? The client's going to make, make, the, make the decision. Right. I want I want those clients that are able to better I want to give those those clients, my clients, the tools for them to compete better, have, be more efficient, have better spend for their IT dollar than someone else who does it the traditional way. And that takes an investment. That takes a little bit of leap of faith as well. Will it work? Can I is is this a good way about going about doing things? I'll be one of the first. But right right now, sixty eight percent of most businesses in Calgary. Uh, I mean, across across Canada, are not at full capacity as of right yet, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that is a daunting. Is that that's a daunting figure, daunting figure, but that means that they need to compete to survive. And guess what? The board game, the economy has changed radically, and now is 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 a time to figure out. All right, since the game has changed, I need to figure out what best way for me to put my players, my my pieces, so I can be able to adapt and also survive. While everyone else wants to eat my lunch, <laughs> so I um I, I'm just bringing another uh I, I spoke to Lior who is the um 
CEO of the sustainability group in Canada that promotes sustainability. And he's based in Calgary. Um, so sustainability in business. And Good. one of the questions, and I'm not allowed to really say it because we don't have an answer yet. And it's not a perfect articulated campaign yet, but it's coming, mm-hmm. is the future of capitalism, right? And and addressing that. So what? it's a big one, wow. right? Is what does that look like? From a Canadian perspective, how we uniquely do business in Canada. Um, And I don't know if you want to touch on that idea. Oh, wow. My wife and I talked about this actually yesterday about about perhaps the death of capitalism or the evolution of a new form of capitalism. Right now, our economy basically is a buy-sell economy. Those who basically are able to sell um their products you get people to buy those sort of thing they are naturally selected to evolve and to grow until someone else can can buy and sell in a, in a different way now with covid here and sustainability and even in calgary the, the crash of the oil and gas market there is a massive economic upheaval that um traditional businesses will have a lot of challenges to even survive. But now on top of that with COVID, the government is giving us money to survive in mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of cases, mm-hmm. just a bailouts. And when the money or the blood of the economy stops flowing, the body dies. And right now we're in stasis right here. And capitalism it requires that continuous exchange of goods and services for us to grow for us to, to make that 10% growth year over year, or else we're falling behind. And now that we have basically right now the lost decade, the lost, not the last, but the lost decade, we're gonna have the business, the, the governments or the, the um, countries that are able to, able to survive, will be the ones that are able to better adapt to this, I got influx of money, um, no one can spend it because they're not allowed to leave, the, leave, leave their homes. And they do leave their homes just get groceries and come back. That's killing a lot of other businesses out there that could be growing with their market and their new ideas, hmm. which is going to cause massive, massive problem in the future because once there's too much money in, in the system sort of thing, we, we have inflation, then dollar de- devaluation, and then all the higher taxes to pay for all the loans. And government right. can print more money, but that's also yep. a bad thing in the long run. Exactly. I wish I had the crystal ball for you, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the yeah. point, right? Is we're kind of building that destination and trying to build, make that road as fast as we have the lights turned on. In front of us. <laughs> right back exactly. to our analogy, but. Um, yep. the, uh, the road. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think we maybe revisit this conversation again in, yeah. in uh, you know, and and at least over red wine or craft beer here. In You're Denimo, on, if absolutely. You get an or on the climbing wall, right? Yes, yes, something local. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, it's been awesome. I'm get, one one question that I I feel is yet unanswered right now for me um, in getting to know you is what influences what mediums what conferences what um what who is influencing how you think my influence comes from a lot of different sources but mainly um i'm on a bunch of i'm on the board of a lot of uh corporations okay and these corporations fly me out around north america and i talk with other business leaders other other like other, other like-minded people 
but with different ideas, different concepts. And being on those boards helps out quite a bit. But not only that, is now that with COVID here, there's a plethora of these specialized webinars that target yeah. people like myself, say here is what, um, how you can basically draw the future. Uh, in fact, um, I'm watching Netflix right now, uh, Decoding Bill Gates' Mind is one of them right, right now. What motivates him? How does he think? How does he actually live his mm -hmm. life in a way mm -hmm. as world's richest man and also founder of Microsoft? And really, to be honest with you, my family. Absolutely. My, my family tells me what they like, what they don't like. Hey, you're working too much. Or hey, you know what? Um, this right here needs to, I don't like this, this part of, part of lifestyle needs, needs to be changed. And then from there, I can go back and say, you know what? I can re-engineer my lifestyle this way. And if I can do that, maybe I can push this out to my staff and say, hey, guys, um, every Wednesday on CTEC, we have games. We have virtual games night. We hop, on, we hop on, we play a game together, and we're now more social as a team. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious, um, you've made the move. I know it's only recent, but uh, have you noticed any other staff that have put in requests for, you know, a two-week leave while they relocate to another community? Everyone's jealous of me. Absolutely. <laughs> and in fact, um, some of my peers, um, very educated, high-level, um, very high-paid individuals sort of thing, are, I'm, I'm in constant communication with them, and they're saying, Maybe I could live in, in Nanaimo. And we're actually hosting a family actually next week coming here and doing exactly what, what I'm doing. And a lot of our friends in Calgary are saying, you know what? Calgary may not be the place to be right now. I can work from anywhere. Now that you guys have done it, we can do exactly the same thing. So I think that we're kind of the first in a long series of people. They're actually right. making this an actualization of this reality that this right here is doable. You don't have to go to the big city, pay a massive mortgage for a small house in a downtown core. You can come to a place like this, pay the same amount, have a much larger house in, in, a, in a forested area with, with neighbors who you know, and that forced drive to Costco. Well, and I think that uh, even in the tourism sense that there's a, you know, the, the whole um, high level conversations are about the hyper local, right? And mm -hmm. the yep. return to hyper local where you know your neighbors. You spend time because you you're not commuting two hours a day. You're actually out doing your yard work and you're you know walking to the corner store and things like that because you've got a little bit more time. So I buying think local uh, living working and yeah. buying working and living local. Yes, and having that community feel yet again like back in Calgary. I really didn't, didn't know my neighbors that much because even though I work from home, they didn't. They right at, at seven thirty at six thirty in the morning. They're in their cars driving to downtown. Right. Yeah, or yeah. whatever they drive. I don't know what I was, <laughs> I was at home working, wherever they left. I didn't see them all day. I took a walk around an empty suburbia. Yeah, the highest and best use would be a little <laughs> bit more densification, right? And actual yeah. activity. And going back to, I think, you know, the bestowing the idea and the final, our final wrap up being you can work from anywhere. And mm -hmm. wouldn't it be great if you can nurture those human connections and na natural connections in wherever you work that doesn't at all detract from being able to work globally. Engineer your lifestyle for a positive experience. Woohoo. Good. <laughs> Me too, Carl, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on Canada's podcast. And uh, hey, yeah, we look 
forward to uh, liaising with you again. I know we'll we'll meet again. Count on it. Have a, have a good day, Angela. Bye.